With over 4 billion music streams, 1 billion video streams, and eccentric outfits with wacky haircuts to match, an unlikely alt-pop star has emerged. Building unique storylines and quirky characters around his music is now par for the course for Oliver Tree, who is fresh off the release of his third studio album, Alone in a Crowd. Whether his persona is the Jinko jeans wearing social media influencer with the bowl cut named Turbo, who he embodied for his 2020 debut album, Ugly is Beautiful, or the blonde mulleted cowboy named Shawnee Bravo, who marked his second album, Cowboy Tears, when Oliver Tree steps into a new album era, he completely transforms. For his latest album, the tortured fashionista Cornelius Cummings takes his audience on a sonic and visual adventure, cementing Oliver Tree as much more than a musician, but a hyper-talented multimedia artist. Despite the loud characters Oliver Tree embodies and the consistent viral videos, it's important to remember that at his core, Oliver Tree is a music prodigy who started taking lessons at three years old, writing songs at four, and creating his first album by the age of six. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And today, back once again, that's Oliver Tree. Here's Nick Major. Oliver Tree, what's up, man? What's going on? Good to see you, dude. Good to see you. Last time, we actually both saw you, came over to your place with a circus backdrop. I remember. Stuck our heads through it. I remember. I love this backdrop that we are behind right now. It's kind of a throwback, I feel like, to your childhood days almost. That's true. You grew up involved in in the circus a bit, right? Yeah, that's amazing that you did some homework here because a lot of people don't know this. (laughs) The exciting thing today is you get to meet Frankenstein. She's a massive Oliver Tree fan. I want to show you this this picture that she wanted me to uh, give to you of when, 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 no uh, when Cowboy way. Tears came out. In this wow. very room. I'm honored. You like that? That's Frankie. So congrats on that album, by the way. Thank I haven't you. spoken to you since it came out. We were talking just before. This is a beautiful picture. <laughs> Thanks. Shout out to the label. They sent this out and I wow. thought it was fantastic. Amazing. Sherry, I love you. You're Sherry's amazing. Sherry's the best. Sherry's so great. Shout Sher- out to Sherry's Sherry. fantastic. I guess we'll sit that there in we'll case Frankie's not there. here. Frankie doesn't, no, in memory. Yeah, in memory. She is alive. Calm down. But Oliver, man, how are you doing? How has how's the year been? It's crazy. Yeah. I'm lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. Every day I wake up, I'm like, wow, I made it one more day. Um, I stayed off the internet, just pretty much tried to be as present as possible, tried to be um, as alive and living in the moment. How was that to take that step it away? Was great. Man. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I turned 30 this year and I'm a little old, it feels like, to be on TikTok, like hyper focused on. There's nothing wrong. You could be on TikTok at any age, but for me, I was like, I just want to like enjoy being a human and. I think the internet's a pretty gnarly dark place and you go into the real world and it's so much love and people are so positive. So I was like, this is way, way better, way less depressing. And most importantly, just 
feel like we miss a lot when we're thinking we're getting this FOMO and we think we're following along, but you really actually are missing out on living and being a human. And I feel like there's a lot of time I wasted really just being a, someone consuming on the internet. Obviously I was on the internet as an entertainer primarily, but you still have to consume to kind of be aware of what's happening and understand some of the trends and what's going on and to kind of just remove the consumption side of the way I was able to focus more energy on making more things as well as just being able to enjoy the real world, which I think is uh, something crazy that we're getting further and further away from as we get, what is it, Google Glass or whatever? What's the new thing? Oh my the God, the, the Vision Pro. Looks crazy. It looks absolutely insane. I'm sure it'll be great, but I'm just saying like also it's like we're getting more and more removed away from human interaction and, and interfacing and talking human to human. So I think I'm I'm really reveling and just spending time with people and being here on the couch with you. Well, thank you. We love of, it. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. One thing I love about your, your music, your careers, you, you blend so many different mediums kind of together to keep it cool, fresh, new in an era where everything is just repetitive. We were talking about Apple Vision Pro. I could see you having so much fun yeah, with a VR all tree type thing. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'll be using it tomorrow. Put on your VR headset yeah, and then yeah. we're going to go. But speaking of shows how's the tour been and what are some of the markets that you got to check out that you'd never been to before if any i got to go to bali indonesia that's where the tour started and then i did antarctica i did three shows there that was probably the greatest trip of my life definitely a highlight so for the crowds like in antarctica what kind mm, of setting i was that? playing for tech billionaires uh, burning man people having orgies um let's see there was uh healers alternative healers and then there was like explorers as well and um some archaeologists there was a blend of that's of great humans. it's awesome that's a diverse crowd of people yeah. gets down to antarctica yeah there's some musicians as well flume and diplo are out there so that's fun While people now see Oliver Tree as a multimedia artist, at his core, Oliver Tree is a musician who started playing instruments as a kid. Over the years, he has become much more experimental, incorporating different elements of music and art into his shows. As with any good artist, Oliver Tree is in a constant state of evolution. Speaking of the, those musicians, Diplo and stuff, I know that you started the early days, you were doing some dubstep stuff, mm -hmm. dubstep stuff, yeah. and your music past blends into what you do now, because you did what, you had Crisis? <laughs> That was yeah, the, the you're going way back. You I <laughs> love it. That's deep. That's deep. You had mind. I run circles around your ass like a bass trap. You take that, but to me it don't matter. See, I had my own stuff I was doing before that as a child. You know, I would write music and did some some symphony stuff when I was very young, and then played baritone in the school band, um, first chair, of course. Uh, I was the fat kid in the back of the class playing baritone. And then, um, yeah, and then had went into this rock ska band um, called Irony, which not wasn't my name for a, a band, but I love the name. It's very funny looking back because I live a very ironic life. Um, it was a very fitting band for me to be in. And then, yeah, Mind F*** was a rap group I was in in high school. And then Cryf was my DJ career. And I played my last show when I was in high school, 17 years old. Um, 
opening up for Skrillex in San Francisco, and then my return back was 13 years later in Antarctica. So it was pretty triumphant. It's, great. it's a full circle. Yeah, and I've been DJing. I've been focused really heavily on this tour. I was mostly focused on this DJ tour because I'm doing the tour, but I've already been working on this show for so long. It's a pretty well-oiled machine. I'm still writing notes, still perfecting it, still adding little things here and there, subtracting things here and there to keep the flow going. But realistically, the show's, you know, it's a, uh, it's been worked on for five years. So I'm like already like, yeah, I'm good with it. It's already where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So while I was on this tour, like I flew in from Hong Kong, I visited my brother and I was in uh, the Great Wall of China with my family. Oh, does your brother live out there? Yeah. My family loves it out there. They've so been on so fun. many trips. Yeah. So then I came back from Hong Kong and flew right to Chicago and I just started editing the visuals for my DJ show because I've been doing this new project, Dr. Oliver Tree. I've been having so much fun with that. And that's like been a full-time job. It's like 17 hours a day editing visuals and audio and trying to put together the greatest DJ show ever. And I think quality DJ show is an undersell. You know, it's really like a performance art piece that ties in dance and DJ audio visual. It's a, I'm a, not just a DJ, but a VJ. So I'm queuing the audio and the visual together and editing both sides of it and pre-manufacturing all these edits and remixes in a, an Ableton file that I chop up and queue live. And basically the, the file has 878 different layers. So every day oh it changes. God. The numbers constantly changing because I'm adding more and adding more, but it's just, it's a labor of love, you know, making all my own custom builds and drops and making it all kind of every single millisecond has been accounted for and every beat, every pulse has intention to it. So it's been a labor of love. And then you have the visual side, which I'm editing all of that myself. So it's been a labor of love and huge undertaking, but I'm actually, it's been a saving grace because the band is super expensive and not profitable as it turns out doing a show this expensive with the, you know, tour buses and semi trucks and so I'm actually going to be kind of focusing more on the DJ career as I move forward to be able to make a living and I'll always do the band thing as a passion thing but it's, it's just gotta be a side project yeah that's like my favorite thing and I'm so satisfied doing it but it's like because the movie it's like a movie TV show concert play right now the show is like a very mixed medium experience and so it's just, you know, financially doesn't make sense to do shows like that. I think there's a reason why people just go in there and use their instruments and play and you don't need all that stuff. You know, people are paying to go see me perform whatever it is. They just want to be there with me and sing along to some songs. But ultimately for me, I'm like, that's not enough. I want to put on a real show and be a showman. And no, so, and, and you do. Cause Tommy and I, you. we caught your last show. Where was that one? The shrine? Is that where, mm-hmm. is that where mm-hmm. it was? And I got to say, so we were such big fans that we were at our computer when the tickets went on sale. Wow. We were like, it's 10 o'clock. Let's go. Okay. We got tickets. And what a set that was. We, we gave you the alien pillow today behind you in uh, honor of our boy, Little Ricky, Love who it. came out and made some uh, some yeah. appearances out we there. We had to fire Little Ricky, man. Oh. He's too expensive. <laughs> I, had to cut, I had to cut some stuff down on the show. The first version was at Red Rocks we played. If you spend your whole life watching a screen, you'll never accomplish anything. But if you want to chase your dreams, follow my simple three-step program. One, wake the freak up. Two, get your lazy bum off the couch. And three, go do that crapola. You guys want to hear one more song? That looks fantastic. 
fantastic that yeah, footage by the way it was amazing probably my favorite show of my life and but it was like not very well oiled that was our dress rehearsal was at red rocks we never had done it with all the outfit changes and everything so that so. was your dress that was your first run yeah that was first run through that was the first time the video had ever been seen by anyone um we had been editing it till about 20 to 30 minutes before we went on stage so it was like it was bad it was rough mm -hmm. we were we were racing against the clock pulling teeth to try to make it happen but um yeah ricky he went on tour across europe and australia with us but i had to be like bro i'm sorry i had to i can't afford this anymore i can't afford to lose money again so <laughs> I wanted to break even at least on this least. U.S. portion. But yeah, it's been kind of like, even though people pay for tickets, it's really a charity show. That's how I see it. <laughs> That's what I, I was saying to Tommy. I was like, I, have a, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like the amount of the, the funds that you just reinvest. Yeah, that's just what it is for me. I got yeah. into making art to be able to make the coolest stuff, not to make money, but ultimately as, a, as an artist, you have to also keep pushing forward and you need funds and to take creative risks you have to do things that are non-creative risks and take things that are non-risky and so certain things i'm like have to be calculated and the dj thing still is a creative risk and still pushes me on the edge of my seat of like what i can do and is a very intense experience for me to put together whether it's the pre-production or playing the shows it's a lot of work and a lot of love and i could do it way cheaper and way more efficient but i'm an artist and i can't help but make it special no matter what As for your music videos, we are huge film lovers, and you take the videos like up a notch from what, especially nowadays, and this is the TikTok era, no one's doing videos. I know, it's over. But it does, that doesn't make any sense anymore to make them because no one even really But I know you do it because you're passionate about filmmaking, yeah. and I, I know that you, you have uh, goals and dreams to write, to direct and stuff. Yeah, I've written uh, four feature films. <clears throat> what what kind of genre? Because your, your music They're video- fusion. They're fusion. Oh, fusion, okay. Because the same thing for music, I just do fusion because it's just, there's no- the future of art is like there's no real room to do new things in any specific genre. It's kind of already been done to death. So mm -hmm. the exciting places really in fusion and mixing together things that shouldn't go together or things that are wildly different. Who's some like filmmakers growing up? I'd love to know like film wise if there's um, movies that yeah, you I grew up or... like being a big fan of Wes Anderson and Tarantino, like the classic American stuff. Um, Lately, I've been into a lot of like the A24 stuff. The Safety Bros are oh, great. I like Ari Aster. I like kind of a lot. A lot of um, I like Yorgos Lathamos from Greece. I think he's like. Yorgos I like the Lanthimos. surrealist stuff. You yourself with uh, your videos. I mean, I think you've shown your eye and uh, for being able to bring projects to life. Do you have mm -hmm. a time frame? I know you're you're doing the DJ stuff as well right now. Mm -hmm. Do you have a time frame when you're like, you know what? I think I want to try to crank out one of these scripts or try to move forward with it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I might uh, I might pursue it in a near future, but I might also wait a few years. I kind of have been w watching the ride with music and being like, I don't want to like give up when I'm starting to just get to like the corner brink of the next level, but I think that's the feeling you always have. And I think this time around with this tour, I was like, I don't really feel like it moved up. The showmanship, the performance, the show itself is way better, but it's not like we sold way more tickets. It wasn't some way bigger thing. Just to sustain it is a huge ordeal, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. to and plus you get like big hit hits on TikTok, but that doesn't mean those people are gonna buy tickets to your shows. So I think for me ultimately, um as I'm kind of looking at music, I'm like it's been amazing and I'm going to continue, but I'm not sure if it's like 
I'll see how this next year plays out, but if it's realistically not like a a big winner financially for me, I'm going to be like, all right, this is probably not even worth my time at a certain point because I don't do it for money, but it's also like I shouldn't be breaking even to play shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And if my vision is there and my career is not, then it's like maybe it's time to switch paths and come back to it when it makes sense later. Do you think you would do the music um, for a feature? If you I make probably a would score some of it, yeah. That'd I mean, be awesome. Um, I just made a theme song for a Netflix movie that comes out this summer, which is like a massive one, an animated one. And um, yeah, I have a dream to, to do more score stuff as well outside of themes. Um, but it was always a dream to make a theme song, so that's pretty that's epic. That's exciting. So is it going to be the, the official theme song? Yeah, it was like the most complicated thing. I've recorded it in like seven or eight countries wrote it in bali recorded started in australia and then recorded it in like all the principal cities in europe or at least some of the big ones you know like london and paris and milan and um berlin i went to so many freaking places it was like a nightmare trying i didn't have my engineer and just trying to get the level of quality to match from person to person and you go from one city where the engineer is falling asleep and then you go to the next city where the guy's probably the best engineer in the entire country and it was like a, one of those things where I was pulling teeth to try to pull that one together but they ended up um, approving it which was a big breakthrough because you never really know you don't get it until really the contract's been inked up so it's been a bit of a nightmare trying to make it happen but yeah so yeah I'll probably do some sound stuff in it but is like my need to be making all the music for it. No, it does, I don't, I, I personally don't like musicals, so I'm not trying to have it be like too much leaning into that, but there's a world where I could fulfill an album commitment through Atlantic by making a movie. So there's a world where that makes sense too. Oh, really? Potentially. I mean, if I put the music, if I did make the music as you're referring to, then yeah, that's a cool idea. It would count. Came to that. And they've, they've discussed with me, they do have funds to do that. They're trying to kind of launch a, a filmmaking side of the company which they've already begun but realistically i'm like are they the right people to make a movie with i don't know but ultimately i'm, be cool. I'm like so stoked to see a feature film directed by you and in my show tonight it basically is like a weird mixture of a tv show feature film concert where it takes all the music videos but you connects the dots and you see how the whole universe connects so i'm starting to fulfill my needs as a filmmaker because i directed and wrote that like not many people write like a 45 page screenplay for their concert. Yeah, concert. With his video and sonic elements going hand in hand, Oliver Tree is really focused on making music videos that help propel the storytelling of his music something the music landscape has been missing as of late. Do you have a favorite music video that you have done? I don't know. I really like this new series I did in uh, Serbia this year. I filmed for, for three months out there and um, I made these three videos and I'm really proud of those because they're really one big video. talk about actually is it is a cinematic story almost yeah so 
what is the story behind what's happening in these and who are these yellow people and there's bananas everywhere and there's yeah. money flying and you are running I don't want to say too much um, well I'll say this the first three that's the series I'm about you up and down you'll be coming back no doubt baby please don't make a sound you're waking up my neighbors now the other ones after those are just like I ran out of money, so I just produced them myself and made some cheap videos so I could have some visual accompaniments, but they still work in a narrative piece. Um, I don't really want to say the full story because I don't want to change how people, what people get out of it or what they do, which sounds like a cop-out, but ultimately, <laughs> it's open to interpretation. That's and, and art creates a conversation, and the goal is people can talk about it and decide what it means to them, but for me, um, it has a very specific meaning, but it's, it's definitely surrealist action-packed um mixing together influence from the matrix to austin powers um that and i'm just referring to the first three those are really like what i'm talking about that's what i'm really proud of the other ones after it was like those are great what i did with no money on a shoestring budget but which is pretty phenomenal to hear that that's a shoestring budget yeah. but uh that's pretty impressive yeah that, i've been producing all the stuff off. now so that i can make sure the quality's there and every penny gets in front of the camera instead of into a producer's pockets. So mm -hmm. been trying to assure that because uh, it's been a problem in the past. You have so many characters and I know you like to write and direct. Do you want to act? I uh, honestly, it's never been a goal of mine, but I actually got asked to um, audition for some movies recently. And one of them, I, fl I flew into LA to audition last week. And um, and then I came to do the audition. Actually today I got a message. I didn't get the part, but the, the casting director who asked me to do it. They didn't, it wasn't something I was trying to do. They like sent me a script, which was cool because by one of people I consider, uh, one of my favorite new directors, um, they sent me the script with my name on. It. I was like, this is pretty epic because I get to read. And I was like, I already auditioned and I finished reading the script after cause I didn't nothing to do with needing it for the part. But I was like, this is such a cool experience and I get to experience reading this. Um, first time I was and then I read my part for the character I was trying I was like the dude has the second most lines in the movie and it's like some of the biggest <laughs> actors ever I was like alright I already knew at that point I was like this is too ridiculous of a, of a belief that I would get it but anyways I came to LA to audition for that and then I got a call the next day while I'm like writing a commercial for someone else I'm like doing a, writing and directing some commercials and so I'm like writing mm -hmm. that and then I get a call from my friend who's written an amazing script which I read in China and um, he was like hey got a part for you in my movie this is the character and i want you to send in tapes but the very least um all the very worst case scenario you'll just submit a, the character in a different way but he's like this is for you so i came to la to audition for a movie and i got a movie it wasn't the one i auditioned for that's <laughs> great though it wasn't something i was trying but i feel like there's times the universe tells you hey you should do this and when those things were kind of happening all at once i'm like all right i should probably do this and plus i act in my own documentaries and stuff that I my my music videos so it's something I still do time to time but um it's not like a dream of mine Oliver Tree's latest album Alone in a Crowd is a change of pace lyrically from the typically upbeat if not satirical tracks he's become known for diving into his more sentimental side Oliver Tree opens up about love sadness and the feeling of being alone in a crowd. Alone in a crowd. Mm -hmm. That's the latest album from you. Tone-wise with it, I noticed that like lyrically you're writing, there's love stuff in it. There's yeah. heartwarming stuff in it. Love you till I don't exist here anymore. You're what I'm looking for. We can make it work for sure. When I first fell in love with your music, it was a lot of heartbreak stuff. Oh, Fred, I don't love 
Facebook's the one friend that's always there when you need it most, and so I go to it in the darkness to turn negative energy and yield it and harness it into positive energy. So that's when I always tend to go to music as like a more religious type practice. Um, but as far as relationships go, it's like way easier to be like, oh, I need music now when I'm picking up the pieces. But um, I tend to always forget. So this album was some of the first love songs I ever made, which was cool to document that. And um, the album was already really dark and depressive to begin with. And I was like, kind of just did a depressive breakup album with Cowboy Tears. I think it's time for me to do something a little different. I'm not good at goodbyes. I miss the sunshine in your eyes. You know, when you're depressed, you go in there super sad and feeling like uh, you're angry at the world or you feel really in a low place. And then you turn the energy into extreme highs where you leave maybe for me personally 16 hours 17 hours later with a full finished song and i'm dancing around and i'm very excited and then i'll probably take it home and if it's really moving then i'll cry to it for a while and if i wake up the next day and it's still emotional for me then i'm like okay this is one that will probably make it um but i think either way it's uh it's pretty enlightening experience as far as like you get really excited both yeah. ways but i think one goes from happy to happier and one goes from sad to happy so it's interesting yeah i think it's cool that you were able to finally write some love songs because mm-hmm. i feel like that's a good emotion to embrace yeah and good, good memories to write about it doesn't always need to be like oh man mad at the world or you know it's like i'm 30 i'm not like a teenager anymore either so as i change like the music will change and i'll always change and i've always been changing so yeah that will always be the case as an artist i can't make the same thing twice and i will never be allowed to be pigeonholed to be expected to do one thing and i think that was the really at the crux of creating the oliver tree project was how to not be pigeonholed into doing the same thing over and over gonna get up to when you're when in your downtime are you looking forward yeah. to getting back home doing some stuff yeah i don't live anywhere so there's no home um i haven't lived anywhere i had that place in covid for one year but besides that out of the last seven years that was the only time i lived anywhere mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna be flying the day after to austria to go skiing and then i'm gonna go to um slovakia there's you some love crazy traveling. buildings yeah and i'm basically gonna be i'm going to the brit awards and um i got nominated for song of the year so i'll be in london and then i'll be hitting like romania and some really random places that a lot of people probably never even heard of so i'm excited for that yeah good that sounds awesome man. six weeks of europe so it'll be fun cool Pump. any deluxe version of the album coming out mm, i can't say but mm, i wouldn't get your, your so. deluxe versions always kill it when they do happen because it's full-on deluxe so many extra songs yeah too much i'm like <laughs> was no, not paying no. me for this it's uh, it not even really worth it every time I put on one of the albums and I realize it's not the deluxe one I'm like oh wait nope wrong one let's put on the other one that started off I'm wrong I'm glad one guy liked it uh, it seemed like they were never <laughs> met with appreciation oh my god dude when we got Cowboy Tears too, we I had to buy cause Sherry sent me the cassette that you put out I had to <laughs> order a damn tape player because wow. I didn't have a tape player because we wanted to hear it one day early yeah, oh yeah we got it the day early we were like there's no way there's no way that we're not gonna make this happen got us a damn radio cultural icons such as Turbo and commercial failures such as Shawnee Bravo and the hottest new face in Hollywood Cornelius Cummings do you have any other characters not at this point I'm actually uh 
I'm, I'm still figuring things out if I even will make another album or what. But, okay. but that being said, right now I've been focused on Dr. Oliver Tree, which is my surgeon character for my DJ project. So It seems like you put a lot of hours in time recently into developing that into the vision that you want it to be. So I guess that's kind of the next move of to potentially a new chapter. Yeah, and it's cool because I have all these characters in my my live show and i don't use this hairstyle so it's like oh thank god i can finally use it for something but yeah the doctor is in man as you can see here <laughs> the doctor is in the, the building official album work it's not this is using of the state no this is dr oliver tree's new album <laughs> go pick it up at your local store but yeah nonetheless i've been having fun with that and exploring that character so that's kind of where i'm at in the yeah moment. DJ said has been so fun for me as a cinema lover, taking all my favorite nostalgic moments from music, and then I've also paired that visually with all my favorite moments from cinema. So it's like, as of someone with vast film knowledge, and I've been able to take all my favorite moments and visceral moments and things that make me feel uncomfortable or make me laugh or make me cry, and piece it into the visuals in the DJ show and re-edit all my favorite work and chop it up and put myself into some of it even and do really interesting ways. So I've been able to, as a cinema lover, satisfy putting together a whole new cinema file. I don't know. It's audio file and cinephile, I guess is the terms, but yeah. I've been satisfying both those needs very highly. That's great, man. I, I love to see it. We'll be out at the show, I believe. Amazing. So I can't wait to see what kind of Oliver Tree's life has led up to to the career, to the uh, to the shows that you're able to put on. It's been great to see you. Thanks for making time. Yeah, man. So we will let you get on your way. All right. But until next time, man, I will always appreciate any time talking with you. So thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Life goes on and 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 on more of this conversation search spell podcast on all social networks and be sure to subscribe and follow plus sign up at spoutpodcast.com to win tickets merch or even the chance to meet our guests this episode of the spout podcast is presented by alpha media written and narrated by tamra dia produced by mark long and created by phil ducker spout